Friday, that time of the month again, where I have the great pleasure of welcoming the MedCityMovieGuy.com, Chris McSannick to the microphone. I'm Andy Brown Allen. It's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning, Chris. Hey there. You know, I always think of that movie, The Color of Money, because uh, this is the Tom Cruise uh, shooting pool with, with Paul Newman. And, you know, their, their goal is to, you know, get to this uh, competition. But what they always say is the real action happens like in the green room. So between the competition, there's all these <laughs> kind of side games. So I always I always think about a lot of the conversations we have offline. And I'll, I'll circle back to one of them a little bit later that we okay. ran out of time last right. month. Um, no, I, I want to start out with a, a sad bit of news. Um, Raquel Welch died this yeah. week. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to say that, um, you know, she was certainly more than a pretty face. And in fact, her autobiography was called Beyond the Cleavage, which, which I think is, was just a brilliant title because, you know, in, in terms of bombshells and things, you know, we had maybe Marilyn Monroe in the fifties and the sixties and early seventies was definitely, you know, Raquel Welch, uh, uh, era. And, um, you know, she had some, she had some very, very good movies. Actually, one of them is one of my probably top 10 favorite movies. I'll, I'll just remind you of a couple of the things in her, uh, and I say, uh, wink, wink, body of work. Um, <laughs> um, probably her, her first big, big hit that a lot of people recognize is the movie Fantastic Voyage. Sure. So, you know, it's a sci-fi film um, where uh, she and a, a team of others uh, get shrunk down and injected into the body of, I guess he was a, a diplomat or something or other like that. And they have to, I think, work their way through the veins and, and target uh, a tumor or something like that. And But, you know, th- this is interesting because a lot of scientists today, you know, they'll credit some of these things from the 60s with really launching them into this, you know, this is why I became a researcher or something because of this movie or that movie. And, and I, and I got to think there's a few uh, medical people out there who said, Oh yeah, I remember that movie. Yeah. That, uh, when the, when the white blood cells came and attacked everybody, you know, <laughs> it was exciting, you know, <laughs> um, anyway, who did, no, the, who did the remake of that? It wasn't the remake, but it was, was it Martin Short was in that one where they, in the nineties, there was a, yeah, I, I gotta tell you, I'm blanking on it. I'm blanking on okay, it. Okay. Because uh, this is one of the, one of them they should just leave alone because the special effects were, were definitely like 60s era and, and which means they weren't like great, but, but the whole package together, I think was just something that, that worked in that era with those effects, with that cast. Uh, some parts were kind of cheesy, but, but I think it, I think leave that one alone. Um, one of her other big movies, and of course there was a, uh, a famous poster that came out of it was One Million Years B.C. So that was the, oh, one yeah. had the, the animal skin bikini, which uh, I'm sure that was very popular back in, you know, a million years ago. But, um, uh, okay, and, and what I wanted to mention, because it's one of my top ten favorite films, it's called Bandolero. And this is one of these uh, 60s westerns. Uh, Dean Martin was in it as well as um, – um, uh, but George Kennedy was in it, you know, a lot of, a lot of big names. Uh, and, uh, I just think it was really a neat film. It's, uh, you know, D Martin and, and his, and his cronies, they, they get, uh, arrested. And then Jimmy Stewart is pretends he's the hangman and, you know, gets him to go off and escape. And George Kennedy, you know, puts together a posse and, and, uh, tracks after him. Raquel Welch is the, uh, 
is the uh, the woman, the widow of one of the people that was killed. And, you know, Kennedy's really coming after her and, you know, because he, he has a thing for her. But it was a great film. It's a great film. One of Jimmy Stewart's best, you know, those kind of Westerns where he just can, he can, Jimmy Stewart was, I think, underrated in terms of, of his of his range. He played, obviously, then Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. It's a Wonderful Life, those kind of things. But he could play a really gravelly kind of character as well. And uh I think he does a great job here. Um, another one that that I wanted to well well I'll circle back to that one. Her last film was also one of my favorites. It's called How to Be a Latin Lover. This was a hysterical movie from a few years ago with a aging kind of gigolo, um, uh, which I I I don't want to say too much. But if you haven't seen How to Be a Latin Lover, it's a very funny film. Very funny. Okay, film. I have not um, seen it. And then the the last movie I wanted to mention and just kind of segue in a couple other things is a 1972 movie called Kansas City Bomber where she plays uh, kind of the, the star of a roller derby team. Yep, and, I remember that one. Yeah, and, and the reason that that's relevant, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in another in another film later. But you know, you have to appreciate the time of that movie. And in the 70s, early 70s, roller derby was like huge. You know, there was every Saturday, there was this, you know, this fake roller derby, uh, thing, Saturday nights, you know, you would get the, you know, their own, the own, uh, Ralphie Valadares and all of these, these characters. And, uh, it was a big deal at the time. So you have to kind of appreciate that in itself. This movie was not in a uh, vacuum. This movie was the product of that era. Uh, more recently, there were two other films, uh, Rollerball was uh, James Kahn. Mm-hmm. And a movie called Whip It uh, about ten years ago with Ellen Page. So um, uh, that uh, I think Whip It was a little bit less popular than Rollerball, but I think Kansas City Bomber was better than all of them in terms of in terms of that era. So uh, Whip It's a different kind of movie, but uh, I, I liked Whip It. I I've seen all three of them, and I thought it was entertaining. You know, what I I don't think I would have seen it in the theater, but it was an entertaining film. Yeah, and it was directed by Drew Barrymore, so that was kind of a big deal. And and again, it wasn't as much about the traditional roller derby as it is sort of the resurgent roller derby, right. you know, like that we see that we see today. But it was a neat movie, um, small town teenager, you know, just yeah, looking looking to do something. That was uh, that was Whippet. So yeah, that was a pretty neat film. Rollerball, I think, was. I don't know. That's like the running man of roller derby films. That was that was pretty wild. But uh, I, the reason I remember Rollerball was cable television came to Rochester earlier than most other places, and my parents got HBO as part of their package when we were kids, and we were able to watch Rollerball on HBO over and over, probably yeah. <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, because yeah. it seems like that's what they, that's what they did. But I think in in terms of summing up what the popularity and the the style. And vibe of roller derby in the late sixties and seventies. Kansas City Bomber did a great job. So I, I will, I will point people back at that. And as they think about, uh, Raquel Welch, pretty awesome character. So my memory of Raquel Welch, most distinct would be that when we were kids in the summertime, we would often stay up late. Mom didn't have a problem with that. We would watch Johnny Carson. My dad, who had to work in the morning, would often go to bed early, and it was very rare that he would stay up and watch Johnny Carson. But somehow, when Raquel Welch was on with Johnny Carson, dad always stayed up. <laughs> I was having a hard time sleeping. I'll see what you kids are doing here. <laughs> That's funny. No, she was. It, again, it's 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 hard to appreciate, you know, how each generation or each decade has has somebody like that. But uh, as I said. Um, more than just a pretty face, you know. When you look at the body of work, there's uh, 
she was very versatile and, and, and had a, a lot of staying power as well. So again, um, sad to, sad to see her. Um, yeah, that was a little bit of a shock that news because yes, there's was. been nothing to indicate that she was ill or anything like that. Sad news. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess on, on, on a better is that note, it for news. Oh, um, is that it for news? Should I take a break? No, no. Let me, let me tell you one other, one other story that they're working on. Um, so they're, <laughs> they're working on a, <laughs> it's just, just, I, I, I think I left you, left you in a lurch there. They're, they're working on a uh, Michael Jackson movie and, um, this, this is going to be a big deal. It's going to be of the, of the strata of something like Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, they've got Antoine uh, Fuqua who did uh, Training Day and a couple other things with Denzel Washington. It's it's going to be huge, and they've cast um, uh, Michael's brother Jermaine, his son, so it'd be Michael's nephew. Um, and just all the buzz around it is it's a big budget, and they're expecting it to do as well as um, something in the neighborhood of of uh, what uh, Bohemian Rhapsody things like that did. So it's going to be a big budget. It's going to be well done, and I think what did they say? They're they're going to have to moonwalk around some of the landmines. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that expression. And and uh, obviously there was some some controversy uh, uh, with the uh, Michael Jackson, and uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, there's documentaries alleging certain things, but um, as I said, the uh, the records speak for themselves, and um, I'm this one of the few things that I'm really looking forward to. But I think we're a year away from that. That was just announced that that was something they had started on so you know that could be a year year and a half away i don't have a target on that yet so that's the other thing i'm looking looking forward to and then um finally and this one actually is coming out relatively soon i don't have a release date for it but um there's going to be a bob ross movie you know the the, the painter guy okay yeah and that's actually coming out this year i think in in april and owen wilson and they, they had a uh cinematic actually in town had a um a trailer for it, uh, the link for a trailer, and uh, it looks it looks pretty awesome. So, <laughs> so those are a couple things that I'm that I'm looking forward to. That might be a bit different. Okay, that'll be interesting. I'm just trying to think of Owen doing that character. That's might be a little out there. We'll have to see. Okay, we'll take our break, our first break now, then, and we'll come back with more of Chris McSannick, the Med City Movie Guy dot com. Here on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Stretch your dollar during High V's Dollar Day. 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I'm Andy Brownell with com. Chris McSannick. Any other uh, upcoming films we should be looking forward to? Right. So uh, the one I wanted to spend some time talking about, because, you know, I, I mentioned the other film was sort of a, a byproduct uh, you know, of, of that era, of the roller derby era. And that wouldn't make sense coming out another time. So it, the same with, same with the Bob Ross film. It's, it's, you know, the, 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 the character, I guess I'd call him Bob Ross is so popular now. You see him on t-shirts and little candies and things like that. So I think there's, there's a lot of capitalizing on the popularity. So timing, I think has a lot to do with things. And one of the films coming out next week, uh, I think, dip, you know, illustrates that perfectly um the movie's called jesus revolution not sure if you heard about this one or not um but i've heard commercials for it 
Oh, okay. And well, what what have you heard? What do you expect? Well, just I don't know what. It's, or obviously, I think it's going to have a Christianity bent to it, but I, that's the most I could take away from it. Yeah. Well, I I think what it says more than anything is that faith is mainstream again. You know, there was a time where you know people didn't really speak about. It. I mean, we went from you don't talk about politics or religion. Then that seems to be that's all people talked about. Um, then it was like, well, don't talk about religion, and and now we're now we're we're to the point where it's 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 mainstream. And one of, one of the things we talked about the last couple months was uh, a very incredibly popular and, and well done. TV series called The Chosen. We talked about that, and they've had a couple episodes uh, open in uh, theaters and wide release, and they've done really well. I mean, there are audiences for this this content, which is awesome. Plus, it's very well done. Uh, so I think that, that that says a lot. Now, the reason that this is the timing is interesting here is because this this film talks about a real revolution, a real happening. I dare I use the word uh, that actually occurred. Between, I think it was 1969 and 72, 73, somewhere along that time. And this is where maybe you, you, you've heard the term Jesus freaks and things like that. Oh yeah. Um, so it, it, as it turns out, hippies weren't so bad or counterculture after all. They were just searching in unconventional ways, it seems, for the truth. And what this job does is it does an amazing job of framing that time and the movement itself. Uh, all within that turbulent era of the 60s because you got to keep in mind that, you know, there was a lot of drug abuse and uh, there was a lot of chaos with the, the Vietnam War and, and politics in general, things like that. So it was interesting that out of that came this movement. Uh, well, it was called a couple of different things, but it was generally the, it's called the Jesus Revolution. And the name uh, also comes from a uh, very, very important, very comprehensive uh 13-page spread in Time Magazine. Now, you have to remember, Time Magazine today is, you know, it, it may not even exist anymore, but the, the the news magazines of today may have a couple paragraphs on things, maybe a page, but 13-page layout of this phenomenon. So um, it basically goes something like this. Back in 1968, of I guess I'd call him a square uh, preacher who's played by Kelsey Grammer. Does a good job. Kelsey Grammer is a very popular actor. Um, uh, apparently he's going to bring back Frazier. So we're looking forward to that as well. But uh, so back in 68, you know, Kelsey Grammer's dealing with all these empty pews in his, uh, in his church. And, uh, you know, he has a conversation with the daughter. Well, you know, I don't understand these hippies. Bring me one and you know, let him convince me. Let them convince me. So she does. She brings him this hippie named Lonnie Frisbee. And I love that name, Lonnie Frisbee. And I think that was the guy's real name. Um, and what's interesting about this is that character is played by the actor Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in The Chosen. So it's 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 you can see where. People are really kind of capitalizing on the popularity of these things, of this this movement that we're seeing today. Even okay, so he, he brings in this character, uh, this is this character. Well, he brings in this hippie, uh, Lonnie Frisbee, and Kelsey Grammer kind of embraces him right away. And and uh, turns out this Lonnie was a preacher up in uh, Haight Ashbury and all those sorts of things. And slowly, Kelsey Grammer's church begins to uh, grow a little bit with these uh, with these hippies and. Uh, I think the interesting thing about it is is just the generation gap there because what happens is the traditional uh, churchgoers start to have a real issue with these, you know, 
the uh, the revolutionary nature, the excitement, right? Of those long hairs. Of these long hairs, you know, <laughs> shout out, amen, and far out, and all that sort of thing. And I, and I think that's kind of interesting because we're almost seeing that today. You know, there was a report about the um, the FBI was was determining somehow that Catholics who s- support pre-Vatican II were. Oh, yeah, there's be the... terrorists or something like that. And I think what we're seeing, what we were seeing then and, and now is that, you know, the older generation says, I like, I like the order. I like the reverence, the way we've been doing this. And then the new generation says, well, maybe there's a place for me too. And, you know, we're going to do it maybe just a little different in a way that suits us. So we get the, the rock band in there, right? We get the, the guitar mass and all that sort of thing. So I think the, uh, the film just does a really good job of saying, you know, this is a phenomena that happened then. So even in some of the most chaotic and darkest times arose these these young people who were spiritual, who were religious, uh, just looking in sort of the, taking the scenic route to get there. Um, and, and, and in that there is hope. And I think today also when we, when we see the chaos in our society um, and we think and we see the popularity of a show like The Chosen uh, tells us, you know, there, there are a lot of people who share those values or, or, or who are searching for that definition of the truth. So I, I think that's a really encouraging message. I think the fact that, you know, the film even got made and it was released by a large studio, Lionsgate. So it's not as if it's okay. just some little indie film and uh, it opens next week. So, uh, so obviously this is set in that period of time. I, I always wondered what happened to those people who were part of that movement. Did they, they go into the more mainstream faiths moving through into the 80s or did they you know find it you know face cults or did I, I don't know I, I, well and it's an open-ended question and you know what and and some of that is dealt with in the uh, in the time magazine article because it talks about you know is this really the start of something or is this just the and I love this expression a theological hula hoop? You know, which is brilliant, right? I mean, people who come up with these little analogies, it's brilliant. And I, I, and, and keep in mind that the article was written at the apex of the movement. So it was still a, you know, to be determined, right? Um, in terms of, um, the radical nature of it, I think it seems like some of that might have died down a little bit, but the fervor of those people involved hasn't. So, um, this character, Lonnie Frisbee, you know, he went on and, you know, they just, they went on and, opened other churches and, and engaged other young people around the country. And then even, I think, in South Africa, for example. Uh, and he unfortunately died young. He had a, I think it was a brain tumor at 40, 40, 43, something like that. Um, so I think, I think that, that is a very good question to ask. You know, where, where, where is that, where is that radical fervor today? And, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking we're seeing a resurgence, but yeah, that's a great question. I, and I, my memories of that time, you know, I was a kid in the late 60s, early 70s, and uh, at our church, you saw it with the older, you know, priests and other people, lay people adjusting to the shift from, you know, to Vatican II and the guitar mass and and some of the changes, and there was resistance. And I always, to this day, uh, remember a a very young nun came in, who was uh, well, basically a hippie, 
but uh, you know, not wearing the habit and and relating to the kids, meaning us. And she was super popular, and there was a young priest, and he was super popular because he could relate to the kids compared to the uh, the older priest. Well, <laughs> uh, they too, uh, he ended up leaving the priesthood, and they they too, they both left and got married. Well, yeah, and that's unfortunate <laughs> because. <clears throat> Because those kinds of things probably did happen. Um, I, I'm not denying your situation. I, I, I'm sure that kind of thing does happen. Um, but yeah, that era was interesting because it was a time when the nuns were, you know, they were wearing newer habits. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, in fact, there, if you remember the movie Trouble with Angels, there was a sequel called Where Angels Go Trouble Follows. And that's where they deal with sort of this new nun who's hip with the kids and all that sort of thing. And, um, and I, and I think that was just a challenge in general for, for, for oh, sure. church, for church, whether, well, do we embrace these kids at the risk of losing some of the reverence and tradition and formality of church, or do we hold up those things? And I think what we're seeing today is that people are coming back for the structure that some of the organized religion provided, because yeah. um, otherwise it's, it really is ephemeral. It's just, you know, well, this is the new, this is just another guitar mass thing. This is just another, again, theological hula hoop, you know. Hula hoop. But, <laughs> isn't that great? But, but what's there is what's been there in the church for 2000 years. So it's like that. I think that's ultimately what people are seeking in whatever form. But anyway, I think, so, as I said, this movie does a, does a tremendous job of framing the era and, uh, really lending, I, I guess, insight to the uh to the movement itself and the fact that just because they're young maybe in high school or not they it doesn't mean they can't have these uh sort of significant thoughts and and uh determined searches for 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 truth and higher power i think it was very inspiring so it's the jesus revolution it's called jesus revolution correct okay i'm gonna put it on the list that's for sure okay opens next week we have to take a break for news We'll return with more of the MedCityMovieGuy.com on Rochester Today. News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Hey. Brownell on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM with Chris McSannick, the MedCityMovieGuy.com. Talking right, movies so on a Friday. We are. And I, I just wanted to mention one thing you mentioned at the break, Jesus Christ Superstar, which was a uh, phenomenal Broadway play and then ultimately movie and soundtrack, uh, which came out of that era. Another one was Godspell. Godspell, there were, right. There were pop songs, Spirit in the Sky, uh, My Sweet Lord, Put Your Hand in the Hand. And there was a nun named Sister Janet Mead who actually had a pop song with the Lord's Prayer. So I think as, it, you know, when, when we look back, there was a spike in this sort of evangelism for younger people, which I think, I think it's interesting, but, uh, but, but we shall move on or actually we're going to move back about a hundred and some years. Um, this week they, uh, James Cameron re-released the Titanic in 3D. Uh, and also I guess it was a 4K, uh, upgrade as well. And I, I want to talk about this just for a little bit. Because this is one of my favorite films. It's, you know, it's a little bit sappy, but from a historical perspective, I also enjoy it. And plus, I have a little personal uh, note. Uh, James Cameron was the first celebrity I actually ever met. Um, and, you know, his adherence to detail and accuracy is legendary. I think some astronomer pointed out that in one of the scenes, the constellation was in the wrong place. And he went and recut that scene and 
updated <laughs> to something like that. Um, and I said to him, um, I said, you know, one of uh, there was a book called A Night to Remember, which is pretty much what the film was based on, at least from the Titanic, the accuracy of of what actually happened. But I told him my favorite line in that movie is uh, is about you know, the captain asks him, "It's going to sink or is it going to sink?" and and the engineer says, "It's a mathematical certainty." And I love that line. It's just I love it because he's talking about as the chambers fill up and things tip and all that good stuff. But he also said, James Cameron also said, and this is my takeaway. He also said that he has a, he will always have a soft spot in Minnesota said because, um, it's where he first screened Titanic up in the mall of America. And, uh, he had such a, such a great response. He said, uh, yeah, he, he knew it was, it was going, it was going to be a hit, you know, based on that. So he said he's got a soft spot. Um, anyway, <clears throat> interesting thing about this film is it's re-released for the 25th anniversary of the, of the film. Um, right. But it was also re-released about 10 years ago for the 100th anniversary of the actual sinking. So this is sort of the second re-release. Um, the first one was updated for 3D, and then this one has 3D plus the 4k but i i was went back to my original review of it and i wanted to kind of point out some of the things there i don't i don't think people should go to see it because it's in 3d the 3d offers very little plus it's a um you know it's engineered you went back you know and they re-engineered it and did the yeah, because it was shot on what 35 millimeter right right so it's it's not it's not wasn't shot 3d but um I, I still, so I don't think that's the reason to see it. The reason to see it is it's a great movie and frankly, a lot of people maybe have never seen it on the big screen. And that's the reason to go to the theater because it's on the big screen. I mean, the whole movie, the, the Titanic is about scale. It's this incredible scale of things. It's this, the scale of, of, of money that people have, the excess. And just the scale of the ship itself. I mean, everything just says, put me on a big screen, you know. Um, and uh, just to remind, I, I, as I said, apparently 11 Oscars and 1.8 billion were not enough for Cameron. So he said, let's, <laughs> let's take it to the lab and digitally upgrade it, as we said. Um, anyway, the, uh, so the story's familiar. Titanic is, uh, you know, grandly appointed. Uh, it's carrying the, the creamest of the cream people. And, as I said, and I, I like my line too. It says, uh, "The captain pushes beyond prudence, right, to get through the through the iceberg dotted waters." Everybody kind of knows the story, but in this case, they they add a, a, a sort of a love story between uh, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. So she's the rich girl, and he's the poor artist who sneaks his way up from steerage. Right? So I think most people are probably familiar with that. Uh, but the other thing is, at the time that the um, the movie originally came out. Remember, they were they were diving down and they were actually looking for the Titanic wreckage, right? If, uh, that actually was something that they were doing. And so, in the in the film Titanic, uh, which I'm, by the way I'm assuming you've seen, but uh, maybe not numerous times. Okay, <laughs> so in the film they alternate between you know what was going on on the Titanic and then what's going on with this uh, salvage of it, you know, and uh, uh, what what apparently they're looking for is the. Uh, the jewel, right? The, uh, the necklace that she had. Um, so that, so they way, they, they weave into this story, you know, not only the historical accuracy of the event, which 
for me, that was the number one reason I love this movie. Second thing is, again, the love story, which, which is done really well. And then the, the third one was the, the salvage, uh, operation. And, uh, so that was all, all there. But as I said, I'm, I'm unapologetic saying that this is one of the best films I think ever made. And people who want to just dismiss it as a love story, I think that's a mistake. Um, again, it's just a monumental narrative. Uh, 1500 people died on that ship on the way to New York. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. And, of it is, and beyond that, you mentioned these were the movers and shakers of both American and European society that were on the ship. Right. And there was a certain dignity. I, and again, maybe some of this is legend and maybe it didn't really happen, but, but, the, but the legend is, you know, that these were people of affluence this was a genteel time. Um, people dressed in their finest, put, you know, women and children first. I mean, can you even imagine that today? I mean, people would, people would claim you were, I don't know, some, something was wrong with you. Why should they be first? <laughs> I mean, but this was what was happening then. And, and the men were like, you know, this is, we're dressed in our finest and ready to go down with the ship. I mean, I, I can't even pick, I can't even imagine that kind of attitude today. I think. And it's, would, well, it's a story that's fascinated generations. And, and I, you know, my coming of age, you know, a ship like the Titanic was mythical. And at the same time, you thought of the cruise ships of the day would have been what? The Queen Anne and, you know, a few others of similar or a little bit larger scale. But I saw a photo, you know, it was obviously it was a rendering, but showing the Titanic size of the titanic and showing how big the cruise liners are today oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's just it's insane how large they are compared to the titanic but they're almost obscene too because when you see those comparisons and you see like 20 levels of decks um it's just you know and, and they have swimming pools water park one of them i think had a go-kart track it's almost like this, this, <laughs> this is not you have to remember that these ships existed when airplanes didn't these ships were were actual just conveyances. So this was a level of luxury on a on a typical conveyance. This isn't something somebody jumped on the joyride. So this would be the equivalent of maybe flying in a a seven twenty seven with the lounge upstairs and all that. I, I think it's it, it's 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 almost a whole different. It's even though there are two things that happen to float. One is really meant for you know a couple of days. You go off to the Bahamas, you come back, and all that stuff. And another one, you know, you're you're at you're at sea for, for maybe even more than a week, you know, at a time, 10, 11 days to get, uh, get across the ocean and at, at your leisure, right? Cause there's no hurry. You know, you're, you're wealthy. You don't have to be anywhere. You know, you could take, you can take a month to travel and then loop around and go through the Mediterranean and come back. It's just, it's a whole different thing. It's, it's pretty amazing. But anyway, so, so what I say about this film, and again, if you haven't seen it in the theater, this is a good, good reason to go because, um, you know, it's the same love story. Same historical accuracy, but again, it's this epic scale that you can appreciate when you see it on a big screen. So um, I was a little bit cynical when it first came out. Everybody was hyping it up, and I'm kind of a contrarian, and I'm like, ah, it's not going to be that good. Why would I want to see it? Uh, and I poo-pooed it, and I, I missed my chance to see it So on a big screen. So when it came back in 3D, you know, uh, ten, year, 10 years ago, I was I – was, I was first in line, you know, I'm like, I got to see this. So what really bothers me about this one though, is that it was 25 years ago. Oh, that's frightening. That's frightening. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Time flies. 
All right. And speaking of time, it is time to take a break. We have to run and come back in just a few moments with more of the MedCityMovieGuy.com. It's Chris McSannick. It's Rochester Today on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see. If something costs... McSannick, the MedCityMovieGuy.com. I'm Andy Brownell. News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're on the... uh, Backside of the program now, Chris. Eh, well, we're going to give what? it every bit of respect as we would the front side. Okay. There's, still, there's still a lot of great things to talk about. One of them is uh, one of my favorite movies of the year called The Fablemans is out on Redbox this week. So, Okay, um, I do want to see that one. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as far as, you know, what were some of the best films of the year, um, I talked about The Automat once before, a documentary. Uh, Excellent. The Fable, yeah, The Fablemans was definitely one of them as well. And this is sort of an autobiographical film uh, from Steven Spielberg. Uh, just about, well, maybe maybe parallels his younger days. and uh, But I think it's it's done really well. You know, when he first picked up the camera and, you know, how that helped him, you know, get through adolescence and, you know, and uh, some of the rough times in his family and things like that. It's just, it's artfully done. You know, it's, it's a lot of times people say, oh, this is a tribute to movies, but in, in this one, it's a tribute to movie making, you know, it's, and uh, it's, it's, it's a neat film. So it's on Redbox. I don't think it was in a theater as long at all. I think it was one of these, uh, uh, what we call them, award season type movies where it had probably a limited release, uh, didn't expect a huge audience. So it probably made a small showing just, just to be able to be in the consideration for awards. But now that's on DVD, no reason not to see it. So it's on DVD this week. And I think it's a pretty neat film. It kind of runs a little bit long. So, you know, be aware of that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's definitely one of them, I think, to see. Um, the other one, and okay. And this is what I mean by, the, you know, the green room chat that we have. The other one, we, we didn't get to talk about until um well we didn't get to talk about it last time but we talked about it offline and um it was called if you remember because because you brought up something um called spinning gold and um uh doesn't sound familiar to you no you you have me Okay, so it, this is basically the story of Casablanca Records. Now, a lot of people, oh yes, yes. yeah, a lot of people might okay. say, okay, so gotcha. it's a record label, but it's not that. This, this was again, this was an era in the seventies uh, when you know you had a few big labels, and the vibe of this one, I haven't seen it yet. It's supposed to come out in March, but this is one of these movies that also the making of this movie is a little bit like. Probably the, the Casablanca Records, where it's it, they had been trying to make this movie for 12 years, and I think they finally they finally got the push. But uh, you know, it starts out where there's this this record executive for uh, this Casablanca Records, and it was just you know they're struggling, they're struggling, you know, against it's a, it's a it's a, a headwind that they're fighting against for you know radio play and all that sort of thing. But they land a couple of superstars at the time so they land donna summer for instance who was huge in in the dis in a time of disco for example um but the, but the big one and if you see the trailer you'll know exactly what i'm talking about the uh the big band that they that they get and who's right at their early stages of success is the band kiss and the video uh the re the reproduction of like the kiss shows and stuff like that is just 
amazing. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I, this is the one I'm really waiting for, uh, spinning gold. And you, you added a comment that I wanted to circle back to and let everybody appreciate when you were saying that, you know, in that era when we talked about stereos and things like that, that oh, yeah. some of them, some of them had the weighted knobs, remember? And so when you, when you tune that radio or turn up the volume, there was something hearty in that knob that, it, it also something graceful and delicate. It was just, it was an, it's, it's a weird thing, but it, it that in, in itself was part of the experience. Just, I, I don't know what else to say. So yeah, you this, put your finger on the knob and give it a little spin. It would go all the way to the end of the dial. Yeah. And it was just so, yeah. And so, so I think from what I've seen of this one so far, this one really captures that era, uh, you know, from somebody who was, who was alive in that era, I can tell you. So we've got, you know, Kiss, Donna Summer, Village People, uh, Bill Withers, Gladys Knight, uh, Parliament, uh, Village People, so a lot of the disco stuff. Um, was Bee Gees Casablanca? I don't think Bee Gees was the Casablanca. Okay. I, I could be wrong, but I think that they would have percolated up into my search if they were. Um, and one of the, one of the, one of the actors in this one is one of my favorites, Sebastian Maniscalco. So he's a, he's a funny guy in his stand up. Um, and he's had a few small roles in some, some films as well. So I'm looking forward to this for a lot of reasons. So Spinning Gold, it's called. Um, another film, I'm, dare I say, I'm not sure it, I'm not sure it needed to be made was they are remaking the Steve McQueen movie Bullet. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Steven Spielberg's directing Bradley Cooper. So I think, you know, Spielberg, no doubt, Bradley Cooper, very popular. I think they can pull it off. I just think that there's something about Bullet. There was something organic about that film that I, I just don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not pessimistic. I'm just questioning why do they think they re- need to remake it. I think for a lot of people, the most important part of that movie was the chase scene, chase. right? And the Mustang. The most famous Ford Mustang there is. Yeah, the, the most famous. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I, I'm not exactly optimistic, but um, I'll, I'll be there. Let's just put it that way. I'll be there. So they'll be there. You know, the, the thing I love about that car chase compared to the car chases you see nowadays is when they go around the corners – in that pursuit, those cars are leaning so far to the side. And, you know, nowadays with the digital enhancements and everything, it looks like, or well, maybe it's just the digital or the engineering enhancements of vehicles today that they handle so much better than those heavy 60s muscle cars. And they don't look like that anymore, where these cars are just on the edge of crashing into the sidewalk and going through a building as they're weaving through those streets. And it's fun too because you can sometimes see all the skid marks from how many different takes right. they had to make. And, <laughs> and I think part of what I meant when I said it's organic is is that you know one of the reasons I like some of these old movies is when you watched one of these old cinemascope films and ten thousand people come over the hill with swords, there were ten thousand people coming over the hill with swords. <laughs> so you know when you see something like. Um, uh, as you say, would, 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 uh, bullet, when you see that Mustang, you know, coming up a, a hill and go airborne, I mean, you know, that, that, that it did. I mean, as you said, th- those kind of things really happened as opposed to another film that's opening and, and I'm not saying anything bad about it, but, uh, the other film that's opening pretty soon, what do I say? It's, well, the new trailer drops pretty soon. It's the, uh, Fast and Furious 10. Uh, right. it, it opens in May. So, um, if you're a car buff or, you know, 
you know, you're, you're like me, a big fan of Vin Diesel. These are always awesome films. Um, do they defy some of the laws of physics? Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Um, but you, nobody, you know, nobody leaves that theater feeling unsatisfied. You know, oh, they're very, a, very entertaining. It is a, a high octane rush from pretty much from beginning to end. So, so I think that'll be, I don't know. There's people saying this is probably going to be the last one, you know, but I think they said that. For for a while now, I think I think they should have ended it with seven. But uh, you know, again, as long as there's money on the table, they're going to keep making them. So you know, what do you what do you make out of that? Um, I, you know, that's the way. That's the way. This I probably is. I probably won't see it in the theaters. I'll probably wait, but I, I will watch it. I yeah yeah. I I guess it depends on what's going on that weekend. But I okay. you know I could be talked into it. So. I did go to the theater. I did see a man called Otto, which you talked about previously. I did. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly like, endorsed the film. I yeah, had heard from people because morning. Oh, you don't want to go see this film because there are scenes of attempted suicide in this film that you know supposedly could trigger people, but they're so central to the story they have to be in there. And it, um, and you know, I I don't know. Maybe there are people that that would be very very upsetting to see these scenes, but it certainly would not deter me from seeing this film. No, it's excellent. I, no, and and I'm I'm surprised <clears throat> I'm surprised anybody really would call that out. But but I guess maybe I, I'm insensitive to that, and and I apologize for that. But there are a couple scenes where he's contemplating it, and uh, but it, but it's not as if it's you know gruesome and somebody's rescuing somebody i think no it, it never really gets that far um but yeah i mean obviously you know if that's the kind of thing that could trigger people but i i call it this sort of the get off my lawn genre so you know we talk about a movie like gran torino and i think this actually has some parallels to that right oh because my gosh yeah the family across the street and and all of that 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 wants to warm up to him, but he doesn't want to warm up to anybody else. The, 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 he's a widow and all that sort of thing. But there are a lot of intricately uh, woven things going on here. Um, and actually, I went, because I don't know, it was on, whether it was on Hulu or something, but the original film, I went back and I, I, I watched, and it is almost scene for scene the exact oh really (laughs) yeah with the subtitles i think it was swedish or something like that i know Uh, there's a very popular book out as well yeah so it was as i said and i apologize if it was dutch or swedish but but, um it was it was it, it was in a different language but it was virtually the same uh scene for scene and uh i i think i just think it was a really neat story um Oh yeah, it's a feel-good story. At the end of this, I mean, it's it's a tale of redemption, as we always say. Right, and and you know, some people have a have a problem with that. Um, I know they did with Grant Torino, which never made sense to me. That no, it doesn't. You know, make any it sense doesn't. Well, this is a terrible guy, and I'm like, yeah, but it's a it's a redemption story, isn't it? So he becomes a good guy. I mean, if you don't believe in redemption, why are you send, why are we sending people to to get like uh, sensitivity training? I mean, if you don't believe people can be redeemed, then why why do we do that? You know, because of course people can be redeemed, and that's one of the greatest things to see in any story, whether it's true or fictional, is just to see that transformation from from having well, no hope to having hope. I mean, that's that's it's a it's a beautiful thing and. And this one, they, they, the, Tom Hanks, I think, 
brings it home. There's a couple things he's done uh, that I haven't been a fan of that looks like he was just bringing home a paycheck. But this one he seems pretty invested in. And, yeah, I I, I, I like that one. And the other All one right. you – oh, oh, we're out. We are. <laughs> we actually are. All right. Oh, goodness. I, I wish we could keep going, but we have to run. Well, save it for the next time. How's that? I will. All right. Chris McSannick. He is the MedCityMovieGuy.com. And uh always enjoy your visiting our program and spending time, Chris. Thank you yeah, so much. You're welcome. And until next time, it's Rochester Today. News Talk 1340, KROs. This is.